Hov, Jay-Z, Sean, I'm tired of defending you, nigga. (laughs) (laughs) I am over it. Let's fully get into it. Welcome to another episode of This American Negro. This is your boy, Keese, Marquise, Marquise Davon. Call me any of those. Don't ever call me Mark, please and thank you. Before we get into it, This American Negro is a podcast that aims to bridge academia and the hood through conversations surrounding black culture, whether pop culture, social justice, politics, any of that stuff. But I try to make sure that this information is just as accessible from those in academia to the niggas on the stoop, right? Super important that we all have the same kind of language that we get to use, and we all have different access points. So, welcome to another show. Before we fully get into this episode, because Lord Jesus, I have a lot to say. It's been resting on my spirit for the last couple of last couple of weeks since he said this dumb stuff. Um, you can support me on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Marquise Davon. That is M A R Q U I S E D A V O N. You can see it spelled out right here. Um, That way you can support me monetarily. So that can be for as little as $2 a month, which is $24 a year, um, up to whatever you feel like paying. Again, we're still in a pandemic. There's a lot of stuff going on in this world. So I really, really, really do hope that you are taking time to take care of yourself. But if you do have time to be able to support me, that is more than appreciated. So I just want to get that out of the way, and I appreciate (laughs) y'all. But other than that, um, if you are new here, thank you for being here. Don't forget to hit hit the like and subscribe button. If you are listening as well, please make sure you subscribe to the show. Make sure to leave a five-star rating and a review. That is what helps us podcasters, whether on YouTube or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, to make sure we become more visible, but also people are able to see us show up in the algorithm a lot more and you know how they be doing us niggas. So please make sure you are at least doing that little bit of due diligence to ensure that we become even more visible and our content is able to spread out to even more people. Y'all, 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 (laughs) y'all. So, Jay-Z, you already know, he's a mogul, rapper, entrepreneur. He does all of the things, right? And he is somebody that I've always respected as I was growing up. I'm just like, I love how he was able to go from the projects of selling CDs on the street into becoming this businessman that we all got to witness happen um, as he became older and started to get into the spaces of fame and he was starting able to enter these rooms, all of that stuff. And he is somebody who's become a lot more accessible, but he's also become somebody who has quietly inserted himself into these social justice movements. And they're like, oh, excuse me. I don't know what's going on. Dang. Um... But he's also somebody that a lot of people have just started bringing into these spaces to have these dialogues around uh, prison reform. They're talking around the criminal justice system. They're talking around um, making it accessible for everybody, right? Um, not accessible. Let me not use accessible for everybody. But they are. he is in a space where people go to him to see how can they utilize 
his celebrity utilize his money as an opportunity to get some needs that are met, right? And as somebody who's an abolitionist, somebody who's on the ground, somebody who's going and in these spaces and wanting to do this, Jay-Z's a great philanthropist. I'm going to give him that. We all have our roles in how this kind of space works. I think his visibility is something he can use to his to the, to our benefit to help elevate certain movements. His money is able to help us advance certain things in certain movements. But in reality, um, that's all I'm going to give him because he ain't marching on the street with us. Okay, I'm going to tell you that much. Um, and, that's, and that's fine, right? Everybody has their role to play. However, I want us to also make sure that we are not losing the fact that I don't know how much he is doing critical engagement with the stuff that he says. Okay? And that's okay. You know, Kanye just told us he didn't read. Okay? J. Cole said, I don't read. Okay? But all these niggas are out here um, trying to indulge in aesthetics that are going, and not, not Kanye, but the other two, are definitely indulging in spaces that are aesthetics from black radicals, Right? And aesthetics is like, how, what, how are, what are we visually consuming? What is this appearance that we are putting on? And if we are doing that, does it make sense, right? And I think there's a role to be played with aesthetics, right? Imagery is important. That's what we consume. That's what we see. There are symbols. They mean things. That does a very tangible things, right? However, as we're thinking around Jay-Z, not too long ago, he was sitting there on Twitter spaces, and he caught a lot of flack, because all I see, Jay-Z's trending, then capitalist, and then eat the rich, and all this stuff. And I'm just like, oh, man, what did he say during Beyonce's season of Renaissance? Because you know I'm just trying to enjoy the Carters for who they are, okay? And the music that they were able to put out. But when he was on Spaces, he was asked around um, what he feels, especially as he thinks about his circle of Rihanna and all of them becoming, and Kanye becoming billionaires, Right? This is something we still look at. We're just like, oh, my God, this is peak. This is what this should be. This is what black people should be wanting. This is all of the stuff, right? No, because <laughs> billionaires should not exist, like point blank period. There's no way that you can hoard all of that wealth and still be considered a good person because you need to exploit somebody in order to get maintain all of that money. Um, so as he's talking around other billionaires, he starts to say the following. He goes, we're not going to stop. Hip hop is young. It's still growing. We're not falling for that tricknology the public puts out there now. Before, it was the American dream. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You make it in America. Um, and you can make it in America. Great. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Whatever. I don't believe in a bootstraps narrative, by the way. <laughs> but he continues on, and this is exactly when he started to get his own flag. He says, all these lies America told us our whole life, and then when we start getting it, they try to lock us out of it. They started inventing words like capitalists. We've even been called niggers, monkeys, and shit. I don't care what words y'all come up with. Y'all got to come with stronger words. I had to take pause on that one for a little bit, you know? Um, because the politic that I engage in is also recognizing that, one, all of this stuff can be true, right? Um, yes, there is a space where black folks do not want to have to be poor again. Like, I want to, I, I can look at, I can value the humanity of what he has said, right? There's a space where there are a lot of black folks who are living below the poverty line. We see this every single day. There is a space where black folks have to compromise. There are a space where I don't want to be poor again, and my only idea of success is, am I making multiple millions? Am I making billions? Right? That is what success looks like for a lot of niggas who don't want to be poor again. However, 
we also have to recognize that there are not a lot of billionaires that are black. There aren't. Uh, what do we make up less than 3%? If that, and I'm being gracious, like I'm pulling that number, but I just know it's not high. Um, and that's important for us to recognize when you go through the list of those who are black American billionaires, there's not plenty of us in that space, right? So that's one thing to really be thinking about. The other part is Jay-Z does not make any sense to me because I think what he said is part of a larger issue that I'm seeing in everyday life. And my issue is that he co-opted black radical language and black radical ideology. I can't say that Jay-Z believes in socialism, but he can reference um, Fred Hampton is the day that he left, Jay-Z came into the world, right? That doesn't make any sense. Like there's a, there's like a cognitive dissonance happening right there. Because you can't tell me we've invented words like capitalism, but then also be able to recognize that Fred Hampton is an important figure in black history who said black capitalism is not going to save anybody. We must fight capitalism with socialism. So if we, you are saying where this idea of eat the rich comes from, but you still are able to reference somebody who is a very, very big socialist, <laughs> right? You're not critically engaging with work. You know who they are and you think this works in theory, but in practice, that doesn't align with you. And so I don't want this episode to just be a, like a full critique on Jay-Z because he's obviously a billionaire. He's obviously farther removed from this. And Jay-Z is actually not in rooms with younger people. Jay-Z lives in an echo chamber of people who are older. There are people who are still old money. There are people who are business that Jay-Z has access to. And we need to be honest about that. When he sat there in the NFL, he was doing the same thing, right? That thing that... with in Chicago and they was cutting off boys hair and yes there can be nuance to it as to what was going on and this that and the third of like what do locks mean in Chicago versus other spaces that are regional right that's very valid to say and it's also important for us to recognize like he's also investing in organizations that are very big proponents of white supremacy that actually don't believe in equity that actually don't believe in the value of black people outside of their entertainment so like yes I think we need to be a little bit more intentional of how we are going about this, even the idea of prison reform, right? Prison reform's not saving niggas. It's not. I wanna see him behind spaces that are abolishing cash bail. I wanna be I wanna see him in spaces that are like, hey, we need to get rid of solitary confinement. We need to ensure that there are more pipeline programs in order for black people to be able to get jobs and become these productive members of society outside once they are done in prison. But I don't see you doing that. I see you doing the bare minimum. And honestly, if it's just you going in and funding these organizations and these activists that are actually doing that intentional work, cool. I'm good off that. I don't need you to talk. I don't need you to do all this other stuff. But what I do need you to do is be intelligent. <laughs> if you're going to take up these spaces, what I do need you to do is make sure that you are not simply just doing the bare minimum and utilizing black radical tradition in order to maintain an audience, appease black people, and in reality, go back and shoot our asses right back in the foot. That's the reality, right? Um, and it's more into that too, because I think, like I said earlier, it goes beyond just Jay-Z. Now we have to think about what does it look like in the workplace when we utilize, this wor when we utilize words like equity and human-centered and all of these ideas, right? Diversity, inclusion, all, all in buzzwords that people are into right now, rest, restorative practices, restorative justice. We're seeing this happen in so many different kinds of institutions, more particularly in education. They're attempting it in other spaces. But 
at the end of the day, I think these are institutions that are too large to actually genuinely be invested in what equity actually looks like. Because equity actually must reflect in the culture of the workplace or the institution. It also has to be reflective in your policy that you're making. It has to be reflective in even this hierarchy that we have at the workplace. I love how there's this idea of like, everybody should be like equal and this, that, and the third, and we have a certain space. But in reality, no, there's, there's actually no checks and balances, right? <laughs> Workplaces thrive off of a hierarchy. Large institutions have to maintain a hierarchy. Uh, a principal at a school is not the same as a teacher. A teacher is not the same as a janitor. A doctor is not the same as the, the chief, right? There, none of these things are in line with each other. There's no way that these spaces can necessarily, like you're not necessarily promoting equity. You're not necessarily changing this institution. You're just throwing up on this pretty language that people are using now and just saying, well, I gave you, I gave you two chances, so this thing is equitable now. No, oh, I use restorative justice. You actually did not. <laughs> and I think as um, this language becomes a lot more accessible and a lot more tangible for people, we have to also be deeply invested in that work. And a lot of us actually are not. A lot of people who are becoming leaders of these institutions, and I'm more specifically talking around black folks who are still becoming leaders of this institution, there is still an idea that we have to maintain a status quo. We have to still work ourselves in increments. We still have to work 10 times as hard as everybody else. However, there is also a space where those who are in black leadership also are removed, right? They are far removed from what is actually happening on the ground. There are also those folks who are now living a life that they need to maintain and be able to live with because that's what they are now used to. There is a socioeconomic shock that comes along with making a certain amount of money and knowing now there are other things that I am responsible for. There are policies that actually don't work in my favor if I do truly believe in making sure that all black people and brown people are taken care of. Um, because once you start making above a certain pay grade and you start having assets, you have something to lose. <laughs> you have something to protect. You have all of this other stuff that you have to be beholden to. And so I think an issue that I see with Jay-Z and honestly more black leadership who happens to start making a lot more money is that they are also complicit and they are okay with tolerating more bullshit. They're okay with, um, oh, well, you might be upset about this, but like you just got to work through it, right? That's, to me, I get that you are obligated to a different set of issues, but I think you're also so far removed that you are no longer able to relate. You're no longer able to um, believe in a certain ideology um, because you are no longer embodying that thing, right? I'm not saying that this is a bad that you start making, you know, 80, 90, 100K. I'm not saying none of this stuff is bad, but I think there needs to be an acknowledgement on the safety and the lifestyle that you're able to maintain due to the amount of money that you make as opposed to what other people are making. There is something to be said around how Jay-Z is still talking around, oh, um, we're focused on like prison reform and we're focused on this and we're doing this and I can show you, here's the amount of money I got. Drake did the same thing. I don't need to be speaking on these politics because I, I can count down every single thing that I have done in this community. 
I can tell you where every single line item is of the money that I put in certain spaces. Yes, you can do that because you have money. You have access to wealth. You have access to the people. But you are not using any of your celebrity in a way that feels meaningful, in a way that is tangible for us on the ground. So I, I take issue with those like who try to parade diversity, equity, inclusion, restorative practices, any of this stuff, right? All of the buzzwords now. I don't respect it. I don't. Because in reality, just say that you are here to maintain your check and maintain your status. Do not say that you are here to ensure that we are all moving towards liberation when in reality you are just trying to cover your own ass. But in reality, you are still just playing a politic that you're here. What is the point of you becoming a leader in black, in, for the black community or whatever that looks like? Or you get into black leadership and you go and continue to play the same game. Are you happy to be in a room? Cool. But are you building your own table? Are you, are you questioning institutions that actually are not healthy for us? Are you creating tangible and observable change? Are you doing any of this stuff? I don't think so. <laughs> and I want us to just be able to be more honest about that because once we're more honest about that, I, I know what I'm in for. But don't tell me you're going to shower me in this holy water, but you're really just pissing on my desk, right? That, those are the things I don't respect. And so I think as we continue to have these conversations, and we're much more critical in these conversations that we're being had, not only with, and again, I use Jay-Z, as like the access point, but in reality, we see this happen every single day on the ground. We see this in spaces where um, people want to, There, I think there are people who genuinely want to do good. I think there are people who get used to a certain lifestyle. I think there are people who um, struggle as well with what does it look like for me to be a black leader? What does it look like for me to not to be able to shake the table too much, but also be able to maintain who I am? And is it worth me playing this long game, right? Uh, the, the other side to this is uh, now taking it away from the extremity that we call um, billionaires, but those of us who are able to get to a certain level of status, um, have access to these other people, how long do you play the politics for before your community no longer believes in you? How, how long do we continue to um, deal with the monotony of work, deal with, the, deal with the everyday struggle because we still have to maintain and still have to, a lot of us are living from check to check, right? Um, what does that look like now? What does it look like for you to actually be deeply invested in our people? I don't know if they have that answer. I, I, that's not my lived experience. Um, being a leader of somewhere else, but I am really sure that I see this happen in so many other spaces. We're watching it happen actually in television, right? There, our relationship to work is changing. Our relationship to leadership is changing. If you watch something like, um, if you watch Loot, we are, we're seeing what it looks like for someone like Maya Rudolph's character to be so disconnected from Michaela J's character, right? That that's important to recognize that wealth is a very strong indicator of like who is deeply connected to this work, who is simply just utilizing their celebrity in a way that is productive, right? Um, using their wealth in a way that is productive, right? Um, 
I don't know. I don't know if people are deeply invested in developing that politic. And if they are invested in that politic, what is the point of y'all making it to leadership? If nothing is going to change, if you want me to wait 10 more years to see what your change looks like, I think everything is valid. We need to look at this long game that new leadership needs to play. I think it's also recognizing the people on the ground don't have that kind of time to wait and see and believe in that thing. I think good leadership allows us to believe in that stuff. I think good leadership knows that there's a vision that is being worked towards. I think good leadership allows us to um, want to stay. I think good leadership makes a community that makes us want to stay because we know the vision will come to fruition at some point in time. But in that development, is is it worth it? Is it is it useful? Is it is it make is it moving the needle in a way that feels good? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I'm I'm trying to be nice, but I'm not no because at the end of the day, y'all still making way more money than the rest of us. You're still able to have access in a way that the rest of us can. You do not experience the worst pieces of violence. You don't experience how your policy impacts us on the ground. You don't understand how your decisions will can have a negative impact of us on the ground. It might benefit a couple individuals, but in reality. Intent versus impact, babes. If you don't have it, and if you don't have any cognizant idea of how this thing operates, I lose faith in leadership. I lose faith in your ability to do these things that you said your institution is deeply invested in. I don't believe it. And I, I, I have this conversation with my friends more and more as we're all just like, y'all heard that bullshit? Y'all heard that nonsense? <laughs> Coming home tired and also just knowing like we're such a purpose-driven generation. Younger millennials and Gen Z are purpose-driven. Don't tell me that you believe in this thing and this is the purpose of the organization when that very thing is not happening. But I would love to know from other from other listeners, like what has your been your experience dealing with diversity, equity, inclusion, but also like seeing people who make it into leadership and you just feel like that they've just lost what their original intent was for. What was that moment like? Have you seen leadership that was able to still make it up to where they're at and also foster a community that was meaningful? Um, please let me know in the comments below. Please let me know if you're watching on YouTube. And remember, please leave, rate, subscribe, leave comments, all of the things, because that's important for you to engage with me and me to engage with you. I appreciate y'all. This is another episode of This American Negro. If you have any other questions, feel free to reach out to me, Marquise Davon, across all social media platforms. I live in the Twitter streets. Instagram DMs are fine. I appreciate y'all. I will see y'all next week. Peace.